0: Friends, this is Adam. Everyone say hi to Adam. Hi, hi everyone. So, um, as an Aussie Indian... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you say your last name? Because I kept on saying Adam Cheng, then I saw your video, which you pronounced in particular. How do you actually say your name? What's your full name?
1: My, my full name is um, Adam Cheng. Uh, Okay, uh, I'm not quite, it's spelled uh, C-H apostrophe N-G, so it's like rhythm, but without the Y and no vowel substitute, uh, it's just an apostrophe. Uh, when you go around to real estate agents, they always write down your name, and they ask how you spell your surname, you write C-H, and when you say apostrophe, their pen just hovers and they just write A, uh, it's just easier, so
0: it's just really an insert a vowel of your choice. Awesome. Uh awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, mate, let me ask you a question. What's a little bit about your background? Um, where did you grow up? Um, and how did you all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. About uh, contrary
1: to common misconception, I was actually born here. Uh, most people think I was born in Malaysia, but that's where my parents are from. Uh, I've grown up in Melbourne my whole life. I actually, I was born at a hospital about five minutes' walk from my house. I went to school ten minutes' walk from my house. So I haven't really moved too far. Uh, but I love Melbourne. Uh, this is where I've grown up. Um, and right now, uh, I'm about to finish my studies at Ridley College uh, and then launch out and plant a church with uh, a team of God's people next year.
0: Awesome. Wait, uh, there are different, we're all on a bit of a journey in uh, exploring who Jesus is. Mm. How, what about, what's your story? How did you come to know Jesus?
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful question. And um, when I think about it, one of the great graces of God is that I actually can't think of a moment in my life where I haven't known God's love for me in some way. And, and that's a real blessing. I think, um, you know, notwithstanding that, I remember growing up and in the sort of family that I'm in, uh, living up to parents' expectations is a massive thing. Um, and then realizing over time that there was a God whose expectations I also couldn't meet. But then that wonderful news that there's a God in Jesus Christ who met those expectations for me. Mm. And her, so has freed me now to live for Christ. And that's been a wonderful I guess, process of learning that and discovering that, knowing from the beginning that he loves me, but realising how much he really loves me over, over the
0: years has just been amazing. My well, friends, Adam's going to be sticking around after the service to chat to him. But um, oh, I, I just want to ask you a question. I guess you left school and went straight into Bible college and then planning a church. Like, Tell us a little bit about the story. What's no, I,
1: I graduated high school and then I um, studied arts law at Monash for five years. Uh, Then I worked as a lawyer for two years and then uh, I lived in Canberra and worked in politics uh, for one year and then after that uh, I chose to go to um, theological
0: college and then four years and here we are. So So, church plant. Mm. What is a church plant and why are you planting and where?
1: Sure. What is a church plant? A church plant is basically a a new church. Uh, I think it's wonderful because Uh, We don't just want to see the gospel grow, but the gospel produces the people of God. Uh, And so when God's word goes out, he summons his people to himself and churches get evangelized into existence. Uh, We're hoping to plant a church in Glen Waverley uh, and it's called Cross and Crown. Uh, And so we're hoping to plant that next year in March. We've got a team, small team together right now. There's 15 of us uh, and we're praying that under God that would grow to maybe 30 by the time we launch, but
0: we'll see how God leads. So, how can we, as a church, be praying or partner with ways that, that, that comes to mind for you?
1: Yeah, please, please pray. I mean, I, I think about it more and more. And you know, you read the Psalms, and it says, "Unless the Lord builds the house, in vain its builders strive." Mm-hmm. And more and more, every conversation that I go into, uh, every person that you share the gospel with, you really think to yourself, "God's got to build His church mm-hmm. because if He doesn't, it's I'm not, I'm not going to do it." Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if I tried. Uh, I'm, I don't have the strength or ability to. So please pray with us uh, that we wouldn't that we that people would join us on mission, uh, but more than that, we'd see people saved. We'd see people move from death to life and from darkness and into light. We'd love to see a church that grows by people coming to know Jesus for the very first time.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, mate, we're gonna hear from you soon. I'm gonna pray for the kids if yeah. you want to grab a seat. Right. And um, uh, so, friends, like Adam said, he's gonna be out here after the service chat to him, maybe as he's preaching or maybe even today as he's talked about the church planning going Waverley. Waverly. Uh, we at Canterbury Gardens um, believe in God's expanding kingdom and so if you're getting a sterile, oh, maybe I could join that church plan and things, awesome. We'd love to send you. We'd love to encourage you to go and ask Adam those questions. Uh, it'd be great to do that. So before Adam comes, I'm going to pray for our kids. All the little ones, if you could stand up, that would be great. They look very excited to stand up.
2: Good morning, everyone. Today I'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures... Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul Discretion will watch over you, understanding will guide you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death, and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good, and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it.
1: Thanks very much for that Bible reading, and thank you again for uh, inviting me here to open God's Word with you. Uh, I currently worship at a, Gra- at a church called Grace Christian Community, and we meet uh, in Wattle Park Chapel, which uh, is in Box Hill, which I understand is known to some of you. Uh, and I was just telling my mum uh, yesterday that I'd be preaching here, and my mum's a BSF'er, and she said that she knows people that come here as well that go to BSF. Apparently, it's a tribe in its own. So it's good to it's good to see you all. Um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to seek God for his wisdom and his word. Uh, Gracious God, we pray that uh, as we look at your word this morning, that you might make us wise. So give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, give us minds to understand, but above all, give us hearts that we might receive your word written for us. And these things we ask and pray in the name of Christ, our Lord. Amen. Uh, Well, I wonder, how do you make decisions in life. When you've got a call to make, how do you decide which way you're going to jump? It was said that there was once a man who was uh, facing a major life decision, and being the good Christian man that he was, he turned to the Bible and thought he might seek a word from the Lord. But his way of seeking divine direction was to open his Bible at random and read the first verse that his finger landed on. So opening his Bible, he cried out to God, what should I do? His Bible fell open at Matthew chapter 27, verse 5. Then Judas went away and hanged himself. He, he thought, surely that can't be what God is saying. So, so he flipped at random to another verse. Luke 10, 37, go and do likewise. One last time, he thought, flipping to John thirteen twenty seven. what you are about to do, do quickly. Friends, I wonder how do you make decisions in life? I know sometimes we tend to treat the Bible a bit like a how-to guide for every possible life situation. You know, if it's a marital problem, just turn to M and follow steps 1 to 25. If you're struggling with doubt, here are 10 steps to a doubt-free faith. Or if you're living with anxiety, here is the one silver bullet solution that will calm your every storm. But friends, I wanna to suggest to you this morning that the Bible is not an Ikea manual to assemble your life. Proverbs is not a dummy's guide to wisdom. No wisdom, the skill of living well, works very, very differently. It doesn't tell us what to do. It changes who we are. Wisdom changes us from the inside out. And this is our big idea today, if you're the note-taking type, that the heart of wisdom is a transformed heart. The heart of wisdom is a transformed heart. Now look with me at chapter 2, verse 1. We see uh, Solomon's advice to his son. My son. You know, when I was a kid and my dad would say, my son, I knew one of two things was about to happen. Either he was about to tell me a long-winded story about his childhood in Malaysia, or I was in serious, serious trouble. Well, let's see which one of the two it is. Verses one to four. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. Can you hear what Solomon is saying? Get wisdom. Get wisdom. And he gives his son four escalating commands. Openly receive and treasure up. Intently make your ear attentive and incline your heart loudly call out and raise your voice relentlessly seek and search can you see how with each call Solomon is upping the ante wisdom isn't just something that will fall into your lap no it doesn't automatically come with the territory of being a Christian wisdom is something we need to actively seek something we need to hunt down Each and every one of us here this morning needs to be on a quest for wisdom. We need to be willing to go anywhere and everywhere for this treasure. But don't just go far. Go deep. Get wisdom into your heart. Notice verse 2. Incline your heart to understanding. See, wisdom isn't just something we use It's part of who we are. It changes our character. Solomon is telling his son, if there's one thing in this world that you need to pursue, with all of your heart, it's wisdom. Now, let me be honest with you. I can't think of many things in my life that I've chased after that persistently. But I wonder if it's because I haven't valued anything of such great worth. Did you notice how Solomon described wisdom? It's silver. It's hidden treasures. Wisdom, friends, is worth the pursuit. Wisdom is worth the pursuit. In our core team, we've got 15 of us there. Uh, fortunately, or probably not, 10 of those 15 are guys. So please pray for us. We need more women on our core team. But when I talk to these young men and see what they actively pursue, it's very rarely something. Most guys in their 20s to 30s are quite lazy. Very rarely do they pursue something. Almost always do they pursue someone. It's the girl who has captured their heart. The girl for whom they have fallen in love. The girl for whom that they will chase and they will charm. The girl not just on whom they would not give up, but for whom they would give anything. See, they mightn't chase after something, but they would chase after her. Because they recognize that she is precious. Or as Proverbs 31 might say, more precious than jewels. That's the extent to which Solomon is calling us to pursue wisdom. And we find that wisdom in pursuing a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me at verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. See, if you want to get wisdom, get to know God. And if you already have a relationship with God, then ask Him for wisdom. I think it's still early enough in the year to talk about New Year's resolutions, particularly round two after round one failed. Well, friends, let me ask, do you pray for wisdom? Do you seek it out with passion and pursuit? Do you plead with God, not just to give you wisdom for a particular problem or decision that you've got to make, Do you plead with God to make you wise for all of life? Do you pray for wisdom to enter your heart, to transform you from the inside out? Well, here's an easy resolution to tick off. Why not pray for that every night this year? Why not simply pray, dear God, please make me wise? Well, what happens when we pursue wisdom? Look at verse 5. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. If you've read Proverbs before or you grew up in Sunday school, you would know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's all about the fear of the Lord. But what does that even mean? Shabu uh, kindly pointed out uh, that I'm an Asian Australian. And despite the fact that I grew up here, my parents raised me like they were raised, you know, in Malaysia in the 1950s. Uh, Which means that I was raised with something called a bamboo cane. Uh, Don't feel sorry for me. My cousin in Malaysia, for every math question that he would get wrong, my auntie would force him to eat a chili. I actually think that's child abuse, so please don't do that. Uh, (laughs) What does it mean to fear the Lord? Does it mean gripping terror at what your parents have inflicted on you from a young age? Does it mean PTSD 25 years on? No, it doesn't. I think it means knowing that God is God and we are not. Acknowledging God for who He is. And Proverbs tells us two things about this God. It tells him, firstly, that He is our covenant God, meaning He's our God of promise. He's the God who saved His people out of Egypt. And it's the God who has saved each and every one of you and me out of sin and death. And secondly... Proverbs tells us that he is our creator he is our creator and as our creator that means god is not just infinitely good in saving us it's that he is infinitely able there is no point in believing a god who for all his good intentions cannot come good on them or a god who is all powerful but will not use them for our good but thanks be to god in jesus christ god is both faithful he is good and he is almighty and powerful Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. And when we do, God will guard the paths of justice and watch over the way of his saints. You see, God will guard and protect us. God will guard and protect us. I wonder if you notice the picture of a journey in verse 7. Speaking of God, he is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. You see, according to Proverbs, our lives are like a journey. And wisdom is all about how we navigate that path. You see, if we run after wisdom, God will guard our every step. If we follow after him, he'll protect us from those potholes and cracks in the road years ago i was back in malaysia and if any of you have done the southeast asian backpacking thing you might know that in malaysia there are lots and lots of open drains and at that time a thunderstorm hit the area that i was in and it flooded most of the area in which i was staying of course at that time it was about 11:30 at night my cousins and i were out for supper and as we drove back we arrived at the head of our street you see the problem was because of the water levels which were about waist high, we had to wade the last 20 meters to our house waist deep in drain water. Now you might think that's disgusting, it's drain water. That's the least of our problems. As I said, the drains are open and a good meter deep. You can imagine with the water up to our waist, we had no idea where to take the next step. I mean 1 foot wrong and we could be 6 feet underwater. We needed a guide, someone to guard our paths, someone to protect our way. It happened to be my cousin, and he did a good job. You see, friends, if we pursue wisdom, God promises to do just that. He promises to guard us all the way home, all the way to our destination. Verse 9, righteousness, justice, and equity. Every good See, friends, it doesn't mean that we won't wade through the drain water. It doesn't mean that we won't endure hardships, sufferings, and trials. But it does mean that God will guard our every step as we walk through them into godliness. That good path of verse 9 is literally an off-beaten track that branches away from the main road and God in his wisdom will often guide us through the road less traveled to a life of righteousness justice and equity wisdom is a shield to protect us from evil it is not a helicopter to airlift us out of it I think so often we expect God to make our every problem disappear don't we we think God the builder can he fix it God the builder yes he can But I think often we miss the real work of God to make us more righteous, more just, and full of integrity, to make us more godly and to make us more holy, to make us more like his son. A good friend of mine uh, is actually currently stuck in a job that she really, really doesn't like. I mean, the pay isn't that bad, but the work itself isn't challenging. And she told me the other week, Adam, I just feel like I'm wasting my time. And I feel like I'm wasting away. What should I do? What should she do? What would you tell her? Now it might be perfectly alright to encourage her sister, why don't you just look for another job? But what if she can't find one? What if she's actually stuck in this dead-end job? Well, friends, I wonder if we might help her reframe her work. Whether we might help her see that wisdom focuses far less on what she does and more on who she is. I, I wonder if we might focus on a heart change more than a job swap. To find glory in the ordinary, satisfaction in Christ, identity by the Spirit, fellowship in the church, mission in her work, and Christ-likeness as her goal. I wonder if we might help her see what God really deeply cares about. He cares about our hearts. He cares about our hearts. And this brings us to the heart of wisdom. Look with me at verses 10 and 11. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guide The heart of wisdom is a transformed heart. See, wisdom lives in our hearts and changes us from the inside out. That's how God guards us. That's how he protects us. By a heart shaped and transformed by wisdom. You know, wisdom isn't like a compass app in our hands. No, it's the spirit in our hearts. It's the spirit molding us into the image of Christ shaping and fashioning us into his likeness. Wisdom might not tell you where to take the next step, but it will transform you into people who walk with the Lord. That's how God guards, guides, and protects. The heart of wisdom is a transformed heart. And with these new hearts, God gives us the power to overcome our temptations, a power to resist living like this world. To live for the sake of a comfortable and chill life. To find our identity in what we own, what we make, and where we live. After all, isn't a man's home his castle? And if my home is my castle, aren't I my own king? My friends, wisdom works on our hearts. Because the heart is the wellspring of life. It's the source of who we are and what we do. Well, let me give you an example. Proverbs 30, verses 8 to 9. Let me read it to you. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 to 9. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you, saying, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Well, here's another truism Greed respects neither poverty nor riches. See, I could be very rich and in my greed I could just totally forget the Lord. But I could also be very poor and in my greed curse the Lord. See, the solution to a greedy heart can't simply be have less money. Because if we focus exclusively on what lies in our hands, we will overlook what sits in our hands. Well, how then do we cure a greedy heart? We need to reorient the object of our desires. Proverbs 16, 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. 20, verse 15, there is gold and abundance of costly stones, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Chapter 8, verse 10 to 11, take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Friends, I wonder if you can see what Proverbs is saying. Be greedy for godliness. Be wealthy in wisdom. Be rich toward God. Pray for a trans- You know, so often I tend to walk away from church in my sin thinking about what I should and shouldn't do. What I should and shouldn't do. The Bible commands, go to church, read your Bible, pray more. The Bible condemns, don't smoke, don't drink, don't swear. But it can be so easy to confuse the gospel with a lifestyle, can't it? We forget that the gospel is actually about a heart transplant. And here's the problem. We can't perform open-heart surgery on ourselves. Of our own strength, you and I simply can't transform our own hearts. But in Jesus Christ, God promises to give us a new heart, with new desires, new affections, and new loves. He promises to give us His Spirit, so that you and I can live a wise and godly life. In Jesus Christ, God achieves what we could never achieve alone. He gives us hearts to love Him, to do what is right, hearts to live wisely. When we're confronted with a difficult decision, what do we pray for? What do we pray for? Often I think, I know myself, I often pray for direction. God, tell me what I need to do. Just tell me what I need to do. Work through someone else that can come into my life and say, Adam, here's a word from the Lord. God's telling you to do this. Life would be so much easier, wouldn't it? That might be an okay thing to pray for. But I wonder if we should first be praying for wisdom to enter our hearts, for wisdom to transform our hearts. Because if the heart of wisdom is a transformed heart, then surely we should be praying first for a heart that knows and loves Jesus. You know, in Proverbs 2, we've seen Solomon talking about wisdom guiding our every step. And in Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul talks about the Holy Spirit guiding our lives. And he tells us that you and I need to keep in step with the Spirit. And when we do, this is what we'll bear. Love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Friends, what do your prayers reveal about your hearts? What do your prayers reveal about your hearts? Are you simply looking for an easy answer? Or are you looking for a transformed heart? Because wisdom isn't an easy direction to just robotically follow. No, it's something that shapes us into being godly and wise believers. If you've ever seriously struggled with sin, as I suspect many of us have, we all know that a simple do or don't rule simply and just doesn't work. We'll always end up right back where we started, but more crushed, more guilty, and more helpless than ever before. Because before you resolve to live differently, Pray for the Spirit to change your heart's
0: desires.
1: Plead with Him to reorient the affections of your heart. Ask Him for a heart of flesh that delights in the law of God. Pray to God to keep you in step with the Spirit. Pray to God for a transformed heart. For that is the heart of wisdom. Well, what happens when our hearts are transformed to be wise? Well, it will do two things. Firstly, it will deliver you from the way of evil. It will rescue us from people who lead us away from the paths of uprightness and down the ways of darkness. See, these wicked people, they don't just sin. They love it. And they don't just love it. They want to draw us into it. These wicked people don't just lack wisdom. They're fools. And Proverbs tells us that the greatest fools in this world are those who say, there is no God. Isn't it true that so often we're only as wise as the company we keep? I've seen some of my friends change their entire wardrobes just to keep up with their friend's style. And if we're so easily influenced in what we wear, how easily are we influenced in how we live? You see, if we aren't, if we aren't careful, it can be so easy to live exactly like this world lives to see life through its eyes and maybe one day to even claim there is no God one uh, brother recently told me Adam but I'm trying to influence them and that might be true but I wonder whether we tend to overestimate our influence on others and underestimate their influence on us no wisdom guards us from falling under ungodly influence It warns us away from the people and the places that threaten our lives, both life in this world and eternal life in Christ. Secondly, wisdom will deliver you from the forbidden woman. Verse 16, from the adulteress with her smooth words. Now, we don't get to meet her today, uh, but if you do, you can read chapters 5 to 7. But for now, I just want to notice a few things about her. Firstly, she forsakes a companion of her youth. She forgets the covenant of her God. You see, this adulteress represents sexual sin. Secondly, she speaks with smooth words. This adulteress is out on the prowl, and she's out to get you and me. And if we're not careful, we might just walk straight into her trap. Thirdly, her ways lead to death. Here is a warning. If you make your bed with her, you will make your grave with her. If you want to guard yourself from sexual sin, then get a heart of wisdom. Because the only heart that can't be tempted is one with godly desires. You won't even want to go near it with a 10 foot long barge pole. No, your heart will desire what God's heart desires. It will hate what God's heart hates. You will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. You see, there really only are two paths to live, two paths to walk, and two ways to live. If you walk in the way of the good, you will inhabit the land. You'll get life. And as Christians, we know that means eternal life starting right now. But if you walk the ways of darkness, you will be cut off from the land. You'll be cut off from life itself. See, right now, right this very moment, you and I have a choice to make. We all stand at a fork in the road, don't we? Will we walk the way of life? Or will we stumble down the path of death? And I say stumble down because very rarely do we stand at this fork in the road and say, hmm, life or death, I don't know which one I'd rather choose. No, often what happens is we stumble down unknowingly dragged down to death you see it would be so easy at this point to say brothers and sisters walk the way of life go to church read your bible start praying but do you see how if I said that it would entirely miss the point of this chapter We, we don't walk the path of life first by doing anything no we walk the path of life by pursuing wisdom by seeking a relationship with God by depending on him, by trusting in him, by having our hearts transformed by his spirit. The heart of wisdom is not a new set of rules. It's a transformed heart with new desires and new affections. And only by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and his spirit will we receive that new heart. Now, to be honest, I think some of you might be sitting here thinking, oh, I heard today was about wisdom, and I really had this decision that I wanted to make. And I was hoping that today's sermon would help me make that decision. You might just feel a little bit short-changed. I wanted to know if I should buy that house. Should I take that job? Should I ask her out? Well, here's my answer. If your heart has truly been changed by God, if it's been transformed by His Spirit, if you're walking closely with the Lord and you love what He loves and you hate what He hates... Do whatever you want. Buy the house well, or don't. Take the job or another job. Ask around. Ask her to marry you. See, friends, there is so much freedom in being a Christian. Because more than what you do, God cares about who you are. He cares far more about spiritual fruit than religious nuts. See, more than anything else, He cares about your he cares about what you desire, and he wants you to delight in him. So how's your heart? What are your motivations? Why do you want to buy that house? What's the main reason you want to take that job? Why do you like her so much? See, so if your heart is transformed by God, if your motivations are purified by his spirit, then what's the worst that could happen? delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart because they're not your desires. More than anything else, they're his. Let me pray. Gracious God, thank you for your word in Proverbs which reminds us that you care far more about our hearts and our hands and that what we do must flow out from who we are. Give us hearts that love you, hearts that seek you, hearts that want to please you and you alone and when we do may we have every confidence that you as the god of great promise and as the god who is the creator and sustainer of this world is one worthy of our trust and our praise and we pray these things in jesus name
0: amen